Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hey, y'all, it's been a hot minute. How are you? It's Thanksgiving this week for my beloved, cherished Americans. I know it's going to be different this year with COVID. There's the rule of eight. I don't know if that's nationwide. But I just want to say, no matter how you're celebrating Thanksgiving, I celebrate with you. So I, every day in my inbox, get two recovery-focused emails. And one is the language of letting go, which if you listen to this shot glass on a semi-regular basis, I do read from that quite a bit. And the next one is the daily thought. And they're really important because the first thing I grab when I wake up with my um, in the morning, ugh, you'll have to excuse me. Okay, so first of all, I'm just going to detour a little bit. I have finished weaning off of my anti-anxiety and depression medication, which I was put on last year due to a nervous breakdown. And although the drug is out of my system, there is no traces left. My brain is trying to figure out how it's supposed to function now without that influx of medication. And so I'm finding myself inarticulate or my brain is slow. It's It's been very interesting. And I also have I had almost no side effects while I was weaning off the drug itself. The side effects that I'm having now are much worse than what I experienced before. And when I say much worse, it's not that big of a deal. Trust me. But what I wanted to mention, and I didn't know if it would come out in this podcast, is I now realize the importance of supporting yourself, not only mentally and emotionally, but also physiologically through this. Had it not been for my husband, I would have weaned off the medication and just weaned off the medication. But because he's amazing and he's my Prince Charming and he knows all kinds of stuff about alternative health measures, he has me on a regimen. Now what he wants me to do, and he's written this down I just love him so much. He's written this down as on a protocol sheet, which he just flew back to Nashville a couple of days ago. And so I've got it on my fridge. And he's laid out my vitamins and my supplements. And on the protocol sheet, it says things in capital letters in like size 25 font, like water, 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 which I actually need to be reminded to do because I hate water. It also says to walk outside for a minimum of 15 or 20 minutes. He calls me an indoor kitty. Um, I could isolate quite fine and have zero interaction with human beings or have exercise or bathing of any kind. I have not showered since he left, and I don't think I showered the day he left. So it's about three or four days now. Uh, But what has been most important is supporting my system with things like fish oil, with things like charcoal, in um, activated charcoal. And listen, I am not a doctor, but I'm telling you what I've done and what I know has been so helpful for me because I've experienced very few and very and of those few mild side effects. And kelp, I don't know why he has me taking kelp, but I also take passion flower, which is like a nice natural, it's kind of like having chamomile tea. Um, I have been taking CBD, which I know is very controversial in recovery. But once I discovered, or actually, once I started taking what my husband researched and found high quality grade of, 
is CBD without THC. So it literally feels like nothing. But if I have any kind of pain or I'm feeling off, I take a little dropper of that, especially at the time that I was going to take my meds at seven o'clock at night, just so my body's getting something that it's needs at a time that it's used to taking something. What else do I take? I take two magnesium at night. I take vitamin E. Um, I take GABA for my brain and for brain health. In terms of sleep, I'm going to be trying Kava Kava uh, because my sleep has been really interrupted. But side note, I have terrible sleep hygiene. So I'm sure watching RuPaul in bed at night is not a good prescription for going to sleep. It makes me want to get up and put makeup on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's little things like this that have been, he's he's juiced for me all the time and makes me like these protein shakes with probiotics. And he, I because of this protocol, I really believe that my body's been supported in a beautiful way as I've been coming off of these meds. And the side effects I have now are, you know, sleep interruption, fatigue. I also get what I think people call brain zaps. Whenever I feel a surge of adrenaline, whether it's from anxiety or excitement or anything, it's like a, a zap in my head, but it doesn't feel electrical. I don't know how else to explain it. But then there are times where I feel dizzy or I feel like I have a little bit of vertigo and I'm nauseous. So um, because of the chronic illness I struggled with for three years, these symptoms I'm used to, and I also know they'll go away. So I, I'm not creating a neural pathway of a flood of anxiety because I'm worried this will never go away. I know it's temporary. And so for anyone out there who medically supervised would like to go off their meds, just know that there is an important component of that that my doctor never told me about, which is the detoxification aspect of it and the the need for your body and brain to rebuild themselves specifically things like the pineal gland which shrinks when we're on these kinds of medications needs to figure out how to operate on its own again so I'm just super grateful for that and I had never heard even outside of recovery anybody talking about what you should be on whether it's 5-HTP or theanine or um, any of those things to support your brain. I mean, our brains run our bodies, they run everything. And if those are off, and those levels are off, there are a lot of healthy non drug alternative solutions to help us balance that. And then when it comes to mentally and emotionally, I mean, please tell people in your life what you're doing, whether or not they agree with it, that's up to you to decide if that's a safe person to tell. But people need to know when you might be in a position to need their help and support. So getting back to these emails in my inbox, what I was going to say is the first thing I grab in the, in the morning with my first moment of consciousness, now that I have a husband, is typically not my phone, if you know what I'm saying, but usually is my phone. And to see these things right away, right in the morning is a really good reminder to me of where I need to focus that day. And let me tell you, y'all, this week has been hitting it. It's been so good. I wanted to talk about, because this one, so many stood out, but I'm just going to pick this one because it has the word sex in it. Uh, the language of letting go for 11.23. Oh, that was yesterday. Healthy sexuality. I love this topic. Many areas of our life need healing. One important part of our life is our sexuality. Our feelings and beliefs about our sexuality, our ability to nurture, cherish, and enjoy our sexuality, 
our ability to respect ourselves sexually, our ability to let go of sexual shame and confusion may all be impaired or confused by our codependency. Our sexual energy may be blocked, or for some of us, sex may be the only way we learned to connect with people. Our sexuality may not be connected to the rest of us. Sex may not be connected to love for ourselves or others. Some of us were sexually abused as children. Some of us may have gotten involved in sexually addictive behaviors, compulsive sexual behaviors that got out of control and produced shame. Some of us may have gotten involved in sexual codependency, not paying attention to what we wanted or didn't want sexually, allowing ourselves to get involved sexually because it was what the other person wanted, shutting off our sexuality along with our other feelings, denying ourselves healthy enjoyment of ourselves as sexual beings. Our sexuality is a part of ourselves that deserves healing, attention, and energy. It is a part of us that we can allow to become connected to our creativity and to our heart. We do not have to allow our sexual energy to control us or our relationships. We can establish and maintain healthy, appropriate boundaries around our sexuality. We can discover what that means in our life. We can enjoy the gift of being human beings who have been given the gift of sexual energy without abusing or discounting that gift. Today, I will begin to integrate my sexuality into the rest of my personality. God, help me let go of my fears and shame around my sexuality. Show me the issues I need to face concerning my sexuality. Help me open myself to healing in that area of my life. First of all, I don't think I've ever said sexuality more in my entire life in one sitting. Okay, why this resonates so prolifically with me. When I came into recovery, I had no fucking idea how unhealthy my relationships with men were and how unhealthy my idea of what my body was meant for. Um, I don't know what I just said. No idea what that my body was meant for more things than just an object for a man. Uh, and once I did my fourth inventory, which for me was more of a chronicling of my um, relationships with men, which then made me examine my sexual relationships with men, I I had no idea. Sorry, that distracted me, and then I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> One of my sponsees right now, I dropped her off this morning. She is getting breast uh, cancer surgery done right now. So my phone is on because I am her um, uh, ride to the hospital and from the hospital. And she has to do it alone because of COVID-19, which is terrifying. But she's amazing. And she was actually excited. So there you go for a relationship with God. Anyways, the fourth helped me see that my distorted view of sexuality and my view of my worth as a woman apart from that was really unhealthy when it came to men and sexual relationships. And I started to see that I would not say what I didn't like or what hurt me, not only just sexually, but in relationships, because I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want him to be unfulfilled. And so therefore, I would do things I didn't want to do. I would do them when I didn't want to do them, especially. 
Um, and it led me to have a yucky feeling about having sex with whether it was my husband or before him with a boyfriend or during my marriage with a couple of boyfriends. Being in recovery and then also the beautiful companion to the recovery spirituality that we're taught in AA being my faith, which is Christianity, and teaching about the sacredness of the temple, which is how I view my body now. So much of the work that I do with women in the fourth step is over their sexual conduct inventory. I wish as little girls that we had examples, and I'm sure the same goes for little boys, open and honest relationships where we had examples of what your body is supposed to be for. It is not supposed to be surrendered against our will. It is not supposed to be surrendered because we're coerced. It is not to be surrendered to people that take advantage of it when we are young or when we are vulnerable, whether they come in together or separately. It is a, our sexuality is a gift, and it is meant to be a gift to those who we decide to share it with. And if we are quite literally opening ourselves up to people that then I believe form we form a bond with because we're spiritual, beautiful spiritual beings endowed with a piece of God because he is our creator. And someone having a taste of that, and to me, there's a connection made. And it, that connection is a yearning and an innocence and our vulnerability that stays with that other person and that we stay connected to that person. And so once we start respecting our bodies as holy and sacred temples, we start to treat them differently and we start to view them differently in relationships. So I'm just reading this again so I can see where sexual shame. I mean, listen, shame requires punishment. It's just the nature of it. Embarrassment is I don't like what I did and shame is I don't like who I am. And there's, it's very easily easy to be sexually shamed. Sexual codependency is primarily the, the stuff that I, I struggled with, not paying attention to what I wanted or didn't want, not speaking up about it, allowing myself to get involved sexually with another person because I thought it's what they wanted, shutting off our sexuality along with our other feelings, which is what we do a lot when we're shamed. I mean, some of us act out of that in promiscuous ways, but some of us shut it down. I remember in my marriage going to a naturopath because um, I never wanted to have sex with my husband. And so we tested my hormones and she was like, girl, I have never seen a woman's testosterone like this. It is off the charts for you. There's nothing wrong with your sex drive. And I realized at that point how connected my emotions and my spirit was to my physical body. I didn't want to have sex with my husband because we were not connected. That was a big wake up moment for me. And then denying ourselves healthy enjoyment of ourselves as sexual beings. Listen. Us ladies step into like fierce tiger land as we start to get older with our hormones. And I, I'll speak at least for myself, become very uninhibited. And it's a really beautiful thing if it's worshipped and respected by your partner. And so learning after all of that sexual trauma for some or sexual dysfunction, as in my case, 
stepping into a point in our lives where we can shed that and step into our sexuality really is a holistic approach of what it means to be human, to embody all different parts of ourselves. Sexuality now is relegated, at least in what we show little boys and girls through the media, in what will attract a mate. And it's getting very base and, in my opinion, very demonic with the portrayal of young, like young, young um, boys and girls and over-sexualization of human beings. I might be a little bit more conservative with these things outside of the bedroom. Um, But I think in restoring a healthy view of our sexuality, it just helps our recovery. And we have to approach our sexuality in terms of how we look at recovery. For those who suffer from sexual addiction, it's a very difficult thing to go into recovery for SA because sex is something that is healthy in a relationship. As an alcoholic, if you told me I had to have a glass of wine with my husband once a week, I, I don't know how I would stay sober. So in that world, it comes down to the motivation for the sex. It's the same thing with people who eat. A relapse is something you do when you just are doing it to stuff your feelings down. There's no thought involved. It's all about numbing the pain. And it's the same thing with sex. To relapse in SA is to go out with a specific intent that has nothing to do with a deep love and healthy perception of sexuality. And a lot of it, a lot of the excitement has to do with the groom, quote unquote, grooming process. And I'm not talking about like, older, grooming, younger. I'm talking about the excitement, like the ritual of who you become interested in and the back and forth. I mean, we all have rituals in our addiction. That's why they're so sexy, right? My ritual had a lot to do with shopping for the wine and the smell of the wine store and the color of the bottle and the sound of the cork coming out. And my mouth is watering right now. I've been talking about it. And then the smell of the wine and the particular flavors of the wine and the the wine glass itself. And it's about ritual. It's about the sexiness of it, which would have to be for a very long time, that sexiness of it, or else we wouldn't do it, right? And it's why we continue to romanticize it after we're in recovery. Just looking again at the reading. Okay. Oh, creativity. So many beautiful things are born out of the creativity from our sexual selves. And the sexual self can also be a sensual self, meaning we're in love with the different senses of the world. That can be a really sensual, sexual thing. It doesn't have to mean having sex with someone or having sex with yourself. It can mean harnessing that beautiful, intense desire and that beautiful energy that is inexplicable and can't be found anywhere outside of sexuality to to create, to create all kinds of things, whether it's a tangible thing or not, to write music, to write poetry, um, to feel the woods as you walk through it. One of my most favorite sensual experiences of my life was when I got married because I got married naked on a cliff, y'all. <laughs> And it wasn't intended. My husband took me up to this very sacred place in Tennessee where there are petroglyphs overlooking ancient Indian burial, uh, burial mounds with this beautiful river sneaking through it. And there's this, literally this ledge. 
And I was standing at this ledge looking out at the landscape and being so overwhelmed by nature that I just wanted to be naked to feel it all. I wanted to feel the wind on my skin and in my hair. Like I wanted no barrier between this beautiful part of nature and me. I wanted to feel the rock underneath my feet and the dirt between my toes. And I just wanted to soak it all up. And that was a very sexual, sensual experience for me. And then, of course, my husband, who was putting up a hammock in a tree... (laughs) behind me just turned around and was like couldn't believe his eyes and just was like well I want to be naked too he would be horrified if I told anyone this by the way and then just came up behind me and put his arms around me and I heard him say I marry you today in my ear see that's what we got to do ladies get naked on a ledge in the woods with a man and he'll be like I'll marry you chick And that's where we got married. It was a spiritual marriage. We only made it legal, not because it matters to either one of us, but because we couldn't travel back and forth during COVID times without being married to each other across the border. So I'm celebrating my healthy sexuality in recovery. Now that I feel like it's righted, my perspective on that has been right-sided. It was offside for a long time. And I think it can be something that we can work towards. And I've seen people, whether there is trauma in their background or not, fully embrace this as part of their healing. Because before God, we, are, we don't have blemish. We are holy and beautiful. And he accepts us as we are. And he's given this gift. And to me, the best way to worship him giving me this gift and as a created of the creator and all my creatureliness is to be in right relation with my own body and to accept its beauty and its flaws and the weirdness and the goodness. And as an aging woman, listen, lots of weird shit happens. But to look at that and say, this is my body. It's my only one. It has served me so well and I will cherish it and I will not shame it and I will not look down upon it and I will take care of it today better than I ever did to thank it for being with me for all these years and supporting me and bringing me through this life. I think we often forget, unless we're in a yoga class, to thank our bodies for our heart beating and our lungs breathing and the ability to just exist in this world. It's a miracle every day we wake up. And we have more to lose once we get recovered than we ever did in our addiction because life just keeps getting better. So it can be done. It can be had. Our higher power is... Uh, I want to say gentleman, but if you don't identify our higher power as male, then maybe gentlewoman. Um, God is a gentleman, and he doesn't force himself upon us, but he is always calling to us. And all it takes is one little prayer or one little please to invite your higher power into your life to heal everything, whether it be addiction, um, your sexuality, the way you view yourself, your whole life. And I'm not just saying this from a personal perspective. It happens every day, all the time. You'd be surprised. Stick around with our crowd in these rooms and in this fellowship. You'll see more miracles than you ever thought existed. More than you bargained for, really. Thanks for being with me. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.